The strongest stars have hearts of Kaiba. I'm going with the force of forces with me. That's not how the Force works. Well, that starts somewhere. Welcome, everybody, to a very special podcast episode, episode number 32 of the Kybra cast, The Rise of Skywalker After. I'm your host, Joe Becker, and with me, as always, is my good friend, Michael Diaz. Michael, how are you? I am excellent, and good morning. We're actually recording in the morning, which is different. Totally different. We're trying to fit this in before the holidays and, and get this one out. It's uh, it's going to be a action-packed episode, as Michael and I will be sparring back and forth on various topics of The Rise of Skywalker. As some of you who have listened before, you may understand that we tend sometimes not to agree on Star Wars. A lot of things we do agree on, but sometimes Star Wars seems to pull us... Uh, in opposite directions, a diag in the forest, so to speak. Right, Michael? It works. It works. <laughs> <laughs> if you're new to the show, welcome to the KyberCast, and thank you for listening in. And uh, hopefully we'll fulfill these, uh, this huge task of reviewing and talking about the rise of Skywalker. I'm going to give it a start because I think Michael will tend to probably bring up thoughts and ideas that will spark conversation uh, better than I can. So, <clears throat> excuse me, I've I seen it two times now, and I got to tell you, I, I really enjoyed the movie, especially when you had a chance to sit in second time around. But that being said, I know you probably shouldn't have to watch a movie twice to, to, to really get it. And that's 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 a fair assessment of the movie. I, do, I, I did like the movie a lot. I thought it brought a lot of things to the table. Uh, there are some, I would say, oh, before we really get into this, there's going to be spoilers. This is a spoiler-filled episode. Um, I'm glad I didn't start any yet, but um, if you haven't seen the movie, then just don't listen. Yeah, don't listen yet. This is every spoiler that we can make will probably be made. Yeah, for sure. We're gonna we're gonna dive into this. Now, if you look at it, if, I can understand why people may not like it in terms of a film structure. There's there's certainly so much going on, exposition, a lot of things happening. But in terms of a Star Wars feeling, I got that back with this movie. And I really liked it. I think it's, it's, a, it's a really good uh, Star Wars film. I think, you know, we'll probably get into things like does it retcon what, what uh, Ryan Johnson did. I don't believe it does. And I'll get into that and why as we what? talk about this. No, I don't, because I can I can have very clear reasons on how he moved Ryan Johnson's lack of story forward. Okay. So, yeah, it's very <laughs> a very very clear positive nods to what Ryan Johnson set up for for J.J. Abrams. Now, would have Ryan done it the same way as J.J.? No, no two directors would do it the same or write it the same. But I, I there was it was not retconned because, you know. We'll get it. We'll get into it, Michael. I know where you're going, and I think even though it wasn't a prediction of mine, you wanted it to be. But I'll let you speak for yourself. It was okay. <laughs> and, and sorry, after 42 years, Star Wars deserve, deserves much, much better than okay. It's just okay. I don't know how you say you feel it was a Star Wars film. I mean, it feels like 
the last two Star Wars films and that they're not what we want. So it's okay. It exists. And unfortunately, the Skywalker saga saga has died with a limp, wet fart. Oh, no. Come on. I think you're being harsh to be dramatic. I don't think so. Uh, I don't think so. We deserve better. I, well, so uh, I've been thinking hard. How do we how do we get this conversation going in a direction where we find answers instead of both of us saying I like it and both of us and one saying I like it, and one saying I didn't like it, and leave it at that. So I'd like to ask you, and I asked you in the last podcast, what do you want? And you have to give me like an answer, not like you want it to be good. I want what is a what is a storyline that you think would have been better? Like, give me something. Give me something to work with. Well, I can't give you the storyline because I'm not the architect of Star Wars. No, your Wars, own. What, what? No, you your own. I have my own thoughts of how I could have architected the whole damn thing. No, there were pretty. But I didn't write good, it. I'm not at paper. But here's the thing. Um, after seeing this movie, I have to say, um, so I went through and I I, I listed my. Star Wars preferences, what I feel are my rankings of the Star Wars movie, and as many people are doing, Mm -hmm. and I included all of them, all 11 films, and I've had some friends come back and respond, and I'm going to shout out to my friend Dave here in Korea, who he sent his along, and I was surprised to see that he ranked all three prequels above all three of these new sequel movies, and it really got me thinking... And I'm reassessing. I, I'm still, for me, I've still ranked these these sequels, episodes seven, eight, and nine, higher than the prequel movies. But it really got me, me thinking too. in that I now have a much deeper respect for George Lucas in that he had a vision, a singular vision, and a story with a clear direction. There's follow through. There's a through point through his story. Now, it's not necessarily the story that the fans wanted, but right. he knew where he was going pretty much from episode one, Phantom Menace, until we get to, you know, Revenge, Revenge of the Sith and Darth Vader's, you know, well, Anakin becoming Darth Vader. There is a clear through point through all of that. And again, yeah. like I said, it may not be what everyone wants. Some people actually love those films and that's fine. I'm not arguing against that. It's just... What so you're asking me what I what would I have done differently? And I've given you the flippant response that I'd go back in time and get a whole new producer writer. Can't. Director. No, you I want, can't do that. I want so, no. I want a concrete answer of what you think the story should have been based on what was given at the it time. It should have been cohesive. Like, there should have been Fine. That, that that's not an answer. That is an answer like, that, because answer, there's yes. no, I, no there's, it's not there's no you captain can't of the ship. Kathleen Kennedy right. is not captaining the ship as it should be. Now I'll give you this. But that's not the question. It's not the question I'm asking you. Because the question, you, you, right, I would agree with you there. Like, they should have had a, a start, a, a three-act play written. They should have been structured from the get-go and done all those things. That You can't fix that. So when I'm asking you, for this movie, based on the last two that were out there, what story do you want? You can't do it. Like, that's my point of view. That's my point of view. Is like, what, what did you want from this film that would... That would tie into what was already done, right? Because we can't change what's already been done, and it's a it's a futile conversation. 
it, it, because it's out there. It's done. No different than the whole politics of Phantom Menace. When it was out there, it was destroyed by the critics. It was destroyed by even people that – even fans. That's that's where, you know, the interesting thing about the prequels is the fans and the critics hated Phantom Menace. In this one, the critics didn't like the movie, but the fans are at 86%. Oh, good. It's a Transformers so, movie then. Right, fine, but I'm just, but, it, but that's not the question I'm asking you. What based on the last two films, what did you want this one story wise to be? Um, well, where would you change? What I would change? What, what would I would do? not have made Palpatine the bad guy. Okay, see that's a start. So my question then would be, because of what Ryan Johnson did of eliminating Snoke, who would be the most menacing, fearful villain? That you can think of, Kylo Ren. Okay, so just straight up Kylo Ren. Yeah. So, and the reason I say that is okay. So, Ryan Johnson. I mean, everyone can agree his big thing was subverting expectations and kind of turning things on their head. Mm-hmm. And he did that by making Kylo Ren supreme leader, Kylo Ren, at the end of the Last Jedi. Right. So, in the prequels, we understand that Palpatine is pulling the strings. Right. And we didn't see the Emperor in Star Wars A New Hope, but he's referenced. And then we finally first see him in Empire, and then obviously Mm -hmm. we see him much more as a character in Return of the Jedi. So, we know that Palpatine's the big bad and has been from pretty much day one. And Darth Vader, even though he's physically the big bad... um. You know, I would say in Star Wars, we heard the word emperor, but we didn't know he had any connotations to the force or Darth Vader. Darth Vader was the big bad. He's just the emperor. It's like we just thought at that time, it's just like no different than the president. Right. Do you know what I mean? We didn't know he had anything to do but at least we with Dark Side or anything him, like that. Right. Yep. Yep. No so, doubt. you know, as the story evolves, we find out that he is the one pulling the strings. We don't know that in Star mm-hmm. Wars, you're correct. So. Um, we don't. We know it a little bit in, in, in Empire, correct? When he kind of gives a little hologram, we have to we have to find the exactly. son of Skywalker. Um, so, all that to say, he's been you know in the first six movies, if you will, he's he's the bad guy, the big bad. I mean, yes, physically, Darth Vader is the big bad. So right, and then in one and or not in one and two and seven and eight, the one pulling the strings, as far as we know is Supreme Leader Snoke. Right. If you want to subvert it, why do we have to have some big guy being, you know, the big bad that's pulling the strings? Why don't you make the big bad pulling the strings and being the physical big bad? Kylo Ren, why don't you do both? Isn't that a subversion right there? Why don't they continue that line? That would have been different. It's it's, it's, a, it's, it's great. I, I I see that point, and that's, that's one worth arguing. My contention would be that he's just not doesn't have the gravitas to have fear. Like there's no, he's he's a kid and a troubled kid from the get go, and I don't think he would have been the same kind of threat. Now this goes back to and to do something just to be different doesn't mean that's good. I mean just to be different doesn't mean it's good or better. Now no, I'll, I'll go back to what what I like about this right. So it's kind of piggybacking a little bit of because we talked about the other movies the thing for me is if you've and and again if you're a moviegoer you shouldn't have to you know um listen to interviews and that and that to get to get these movies that's a that's always a fair point but george lucas always says he he wrote all these movies to be like uh 
uh, mirrors or, or stanzas in a poem and, and things that, that kind of repeat. He's, he said that many, many times in many, many interviews, like things kind of repeat themselves. And I think that that was kind of the launching pad of these three. Now, I think the, where we go wrong is that it would have been interesting. And I think Ryan Johnson really didn't give us much in the film that he did. And, and it, it made a lot of decisions uh, for this film because of that. And, and I mean that by Ryan Johnson didn't really advance the story because he, again, his big mistake was starting five minutes after the last one. It really hurt everything because when you have a gap of time, you can forgive certain things. Like in this movie, there was a gap of time and I actually bought that they were more friends than they ever were. Right. Cause we don't know what happened in the two years or whatever it took it, in between both films. And that's a big deal. Right. Cause and Ryan Johnson, film, really, really Poe and rain don't spend right. Well, all right. If you look at the films, Ray and Poe really don't spend a lot of time together. Now in the first film, Ray and at all. Finn do. Right. So right. it was fun in that you're right in this film, because there was a span of time. We don't know how long it was. I, maybe it's online somewhere that really specifically says what that span right. was, but it's been enough time where you're like, all right, these people, they have gelled. They're a group of friends now. And I totally bought that. And I liked that aspect of the film because they right. had a banter. So I bought yeah. that, and I was good. With that's that. what felt more Star Wars. This felt more Star Wars to me because of that. This felt more Star Wars to me because the people smiled. There were fun parts. The Last Jedi was not that, and I think that's what bothered. And now here's the thing: if people love the Last Jedi, they hated this movie, the new one. It's like to a T. I've seen people that really love Last Jedi really hate this movie, and and vice versa. People that really hate Last Jedi really love this movie. I'm in the middle because I find the good things in all of them. Um, but the last Jedi to me is the worst of this, of the, of the sequel trilogies because it just doesn't do anything. It didn't move the story forward. It, and it put, you know, when I'm sitting down listening, okay, what would I do? Right. How would I write this given what was given? I have probably the, the basis of the story of, of princess Leia gone. We can't, we can't even, you know, uh, Carrie Fisher passing away. So now I'm handcuffed. I've got to figure out a way to, to bring Leia back and I've got to, you know, build this huge thing, which is why there's so much exposition and that makes it tough for a movie. No doubt about it at the beginning. I mean, there's so much going on. The movie probably could have been much better if they gave it 25 more minutes. And I bet this, that's where Disney probably came in and said, you're not going to get 25 more minutes. Cause that means we lose one showing a day, which means money. Which um, we're not going to get to this entirely yet, but that's kind of the whole problem with this series in my mind is that the focus has been on commercialism and profitability versus story. And that's part of yeah, the Yeah, I probably don't argue say. there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I don't disagree with you there. I mean, that that's part of it. Cause I, th I mean, this movie, if it was 20 minutes longer and they could have breathed a little bit, I think it would have been a lot different for people, you know? Oh, I agree, because so, there's so much exposition in the first half of this movie. Right. And the thing is, if you see it a second time, that's gone, and the movie slows way down. Like, way down. 
Um, but that does, I mean, you shouldn't have to see a movie twice. I get, I totally understand it. But I think this is one where when people watch it over and over, they're going to like it more and more. Whereas every time I watch Last Jedi, I like it less and less. Does that make sense? No, I hear you. I've, I've rewatched Last Jedi and really, I, you can just skip over the whole Canto Bite scene or all of that. And it's, it's better without it because it doesn't matter in the end. It right. does nothing. Right. Um, but I want to go back to a point I said and kind of a point you made after I made it was that you didn't think Kylo Ren had the, the gravitas to be the big bad. But I think you could have... No, not to be smart enough. Not to be smart enough to pull a fleet of things and do the things that a leader needs to do. I don't think he had the, the Oh, yeah. The he, was, he was all emotion. I'll give you that. But with the time jump, however long it was, and with the scroll, they could have made him that easily. I mean, the scroll can really get rid of a lot of sins of exposition. So they mm-hmm. could have changed that opening scroll and made i mean it could have been very simple in saying you know kylo ren has seized you know portions of the galaxy and with an iron fist or however they want to put it and go on about how he is just using the rage that we know he has and turning him into emotion um and using that as a strength of his they could have gone on about, about how he has you know decimated entire worlds as he strengthens his grip on the galaxy and they could have still had that opening scene showing him personally out there kicking ass and slaughtering people. Now, obviously maybe it wouldn't have led to him finding the, um, Sith, you know, MacGuffin, but Mm -hmm. you could have built on his rage because that would, that's what he was for the entire series is he was a, physical representation of rage and they could have built on that he could have been a completely different bad guy whereas palpatine was all about i just want to control everything and i want to lead and i want everything to be mine 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 so or palpatine is greedy one of the seven deadly sins why don't they take kylo ren in a different approach and make him um hate rage all that it could have been a different approach killed Kill just to kill? Well, no, just not just kill just to kill. I mean, they could have shown, I mean, like I said, you could have built on a strength and shown that where Palpatine started uh, through conniving and subversion and launching a war and starting the whole civil war and then using it as a way to secretly take over. And then once he had control, he closes the fist and now I've got the empire. That's what the prequels were. You mm-hmm. could have made Kylo Ren just a much more, instead of being that subtle, because that's not his character, he could have been, like I said, a a big bad where his way of trying to take over the galaxy and rule it was through just abject strength. And like I said, use that rage. So I get that. And I, I think it's... Okay, the problem I have with the, a thing like that, if you take it in that direction, is the only way you would beat him then really is basically a lightsaber fight. And you're not going to get that kind of why I thought the 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 ending was compelling, which is I, I don't think you did. But I like what I thought was compelling is that you've had these two opposing forces since we've been told as a kid of the Sith and the Jedi. And all of each came to to battle it out at the end, so to speak. And through 
these two entities of, you know, and I know it's hard to, it's a little heady, but the Diagon of the Forest and all that stuff, these two coming together is what it takes of love and hope to destroy largely the largest evil of all the Sith. Because if you understand the way the rule of two started, it's always uh, through Darth Bane and all that who created it. Like these are the strongest through evolution and, and the taking of other Sith. You don't have a bunch of them because you, you divided, you fall. So the Sith all was concentrated in one power. That's, that's what the emperor was. And that's what's been written and shown through film and and books so you have this giant power and the only way to beat that is through coming together as friends and those kind of things that what what uh, on the the jedi side to defeat it and i think if you minimize that and just and like kylo ren um now here's how you could here's how you could write it so that it does fit what you're saying and that by him killing snoke and snoke was that same entity that the emperor was and he gets that power and he's all the sith then They'd have to explain that, and that's cool too. That could have been an interesting way to do it if you didn't want the emperor. Um, I argue that the emperor is probably the only choice because of how the series started, and him pulling the strings from the get-go. To me, is he's just a smarter villain, so to speak, than Kylo Ren, like intelligence-wise, and sometimes that's scarier. You realize by forcing Palpatine back in. You've now ruined the rule of two. No, because he was always the one. There was no Snoke. He was creating the two. Whatever. Come on. So like Snoke was just a puppet. Well, I'm just telling you from what was written it's there, retconned. not my it's point retconned. of view. You can't say whatever. I can guarantee you that. Yeah. It's not retcon. Here's why I don't think it's retcon. I think JJ, right, wrong, or indifferent, had the emperor from the get-go. Okay, I, I think I, that he always I had Ray. Because he doesn't have an original thought. I think he always had I think he's always had Ray as Palpatine's granddaughter. Otherwise, he wouldn't have made her a mystery and say it in the first line of her existence, saying, "Yeah, real big mystery." And that's that was her first like line in Force Awakens, a big secret. Because uh, he goes, "Who are you?" and BB Eight, BB Eight is like, "Oh, top secret." He goes, "Oh yeah, me too, big secret." Um, so I think JJ had that the whole time, and you know, and that doesn't mean Ryan Johnson subverted it. Ryan Johnson didn't subvert that storyline. The problem with he did is he didn't push it forward. I mean, he didn't want to or whatever. And that's where JJ had to go back and retcon it. No, I don't think so, because I think JJ wrote Snoke for a reason. If he thought and I think he had the emperor in mind the whole time. So, you know, something had to be done at some point. Now, it would have been much stronger if if somehow we learned a little bit of the emperor in The Last Jedi to, to, to pull it forward. But. But what is what does um, Ray gain again by being the, a Palpatine? Isn't a much bigger, more fulfilling story when you find out she's a nobody that just could be. I'm not, I'm not arguing that. Of course, it could be. That's what I'm saying. I don't. I don't think she gains anything other than being Palpatine. Like, oh, so you have a potential for bad, maybe because you might be related. I would have been happier. I would have been happier saying not bloodline, but that he created her from the midichlorians. Oh, anything? No, no, no midichlorians. The left side. No, because I mean, if he would create, well, the irony would have been like because at the beginning of this whole thing, he said that you know some have the abilities to create life, right? He said that in Revenge of the Sith, anyways. If he would have created her, you don't even have to say the word midichlorian, but if he would have created her, 
would have been great because the irony was he created his own undoing and created actually a light side. You know, you manip- you can't manipulate the force like you think you can. That would have been actually more compelling to me than just granddaughter. Because now I got to think about like, well, who was he with? When was it? Was it when he was in the Senate? You know what I mean? I get that part of it. So I did. I yeah, I liked Palpatine basically because of the entire saga. You know, I would have liked him. Does it wrap up this? If there were hints of him from Episode Seven on, it's it's a third act. Oh shit! We need a big bad guy. Let's bring this guy back because I'm J.J. Abrams, and that's all I do. No, I guess what I'm saying is he had it from Episode Seven. Yeah, thing. And I and it didn't get. No, I I I would bet everything just the way it's written. Well, and but it, it wasn't. But was never. Nothing was revealed enough in episode and in, in episode eight. Um. So. Yeah. Okay, well, that's a good... You had one... That's good. You, you brought something out of what you would change. Anything else you would change? Other than... The, is the bad guy the, what really made it worse for you? Was just just Palpatine? Yeah, there's no reason to bring Palpatine back. It's it's lazy writing. It's it's stupid. Um, what, what, that's not stupid. It is stupid. What does he gain by hiding in the shadows and doing it again? What is What does he gain? Uh, I can see why he did it in the prequels because he was just a senator... And he slowly orchestrated a civil war just so he could, you know, rise. I'm assuming to power. he's, uh, but I'm assuming he's really weak. And it took that much time to come back. But he still had. But, he couldn't just okay, come so right he's away. building this fleet and of old star destroyers. Um, well, the fleets were there. If you read this again, it's reading the books. It's not fair, but that stuff was all there. Okay. He had a contingency plan. Okay. But then why bring the First Order into it? What's what's the point there other than a MacGuffin at the end? What's, well, if, if, if he's created the First Order, he's using it. He's, he's been doing it the whole time. He created the First Order. Why? Based off of what was left. Why? So you can get to this point. Why doesn't... I don't understand why... Why, why the name change? Why does he have to pull all these strings when... I mean... Why not just keep the empire going or the empirical remnant? Why? 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 Well, were they lost? They lost. They had to come up with a new, you know, marketing man. You got to get new people involved. Yeah, you got to change toys. names. But from a story, no, not new toys. But, but from a story, but from toys, a story like, level, why? What? What does bring him back? What does him working in the shadows do? What does it do? Yeah. It it creates the thread line throughout that he's been pulling the strings from the get go, and he was never really defeated. But why does he have to do it in the shadows? Just like, just, just like, just like Ming the Merciless in Flash Gordon, who never dies. <laughs> which is how this whole thing started. No, which is how, which is how Star Wars started. It was a Flash Gordon ripoff. I, he couldn't get the rights, and that's fine. But I, I just, I do not see the point of him going back in the background and pulling strings again. He's obviously you can say you can I, say he's weak. And yet, but apparently all you need is to bring him a couple uh, Jedi people. He sucks up their energy and suddenly he's taken down fleets with his lightning. These two. These two particular, particular Jedi or whatever. Yeah, of course, dude, there's obviously there's there's holes like that. Yeah, there, There's no point in bringing him back and making him pulling the strings, strings secretly again. No, there's a point. The point is he's been doing it from the get go. You just don't like the point. Which is fair. See, you. But there's, for some there's reason, no you believe point. that JJ 
always thought this from day one, and maybe I do. did. I don't. I think I do. they're like, oh shit, Ryan left us uh, this place. What do we do? And they made the right. They made the wrong. No, call. I, I do because I remember. <laughs> here's some reasons why. There's some very legitimate when you when you make a fight scene in a movie, right? They're extremely choreographed. Yes. Right. Okay. Great. When you watch The Force Awakens, and I remember specifically when I saw it the first time, like, holy crap. And there was a lot of people that talked about it afterwards. When Ray picks up the lightsaber and goes to fight Kylo Ren, she takes the lightsaber and thrusts it forward exactly like Palpatine does. And he's the only character that ever did that. If you watch Revenge of the Sith, when he gets when he fights, he fights the exact same style. That's not accident because everything is choreographed on purpose. It's not something that's say, Daisy, how would you do it? And you would go at it. They they did that on purpose. There's there's things like that all over that movie if you go back and look at it now. That's what I'm talking about. Like when you see the connections and how she fights, and when she beats Kylo Ren in the first one, she uses rage. You can see it in her eyes, and, and, and it's even said in The Last Jedi when when uh, Kylo Ren sees her, you're looking at me like you did, you know, when we fought the first time with that look in your eye, that craziness. That, that She used the dark side to beat him. She didn't know it at the time, but she did. So in my opinion, there's been a lot of things actually set up that way to do it, but it just... <laughs> The Last Jedi just did not have a story. That's, I mean, that really what hurt but a lot of things. But you can say the same thing about Luke in Return of the Jedi. So, really good Jedi can tap into that rage, use it to their advantage, and then set it aside and still remain Jedi and not fall to the dark side. Absolutely. So, again. Yeah, absolutely. And she didn't fall to the dark side. Right. I'm just saying she had instincts of the way she fought. It was it was hints to us as viewers. It's not like they're going to write it all on paper in front of the first film, but if you watch, if you're geeky like me and you watch how these fights work, there's, and that, you know, Palpatine's the only person that does that with the lightsaber and then she does it right away. It was, it's not an accident. Those are choreographed But fights. if J.J. is an excellent writer, as you claim, he had to... I didn't say he was an excellent no, writer. I said it was I'm good. I'm just saying... It's two different things. My point is, J.J. had to realize that, you know... If that is a hint as subtle as it is, there were no such hints in Ryan Johnson's take. And right. So then making her, so JJ coming back and retconning back to his original version, he had to anticipate people well, are going to say, where the fuck is this coming from? Of course. I, I, I don't disagree with you there. At the same point, he didn't retcon anything from Last Jedi because Last Jedi didn't give you anything. Uh, he did retcon because Ryan Johnson said, who are what your parents? He? They're nobody. She's a no one. And JJ totally retconned that. That doesn't mean it's the right answer. Oh, Obi-Wan, your father died. He was killed by Darth Vader. Is that retconned? A bit. We know Lucas. Was it retconned or was like, here's an here's an opening that we no, can do? It was retconned. Lucas like it's looking didn't at originally plan all that. He, just, he changed his mind. That's the thing. Lucas did have a, a through line and had ideas, but he had outlines and he actually wrote each script on legal pads by hand when he actually wrote them. And he decided, you know, it'd be much better if Luke was, you know, Vader was Luke's father. And he made that change in Empire and it surprised everyone and it worked. It didn't work this time. That I mean, it may not work. But that's 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 a fair statement. It, it worked fine for me. Was it perfect? Nope. But it worked enough for me to to enjoy it. 
but I, I don't think it was retconned again because I think that Ryan Johnson was so Warshark test. Like, what do you see? Anybody can see things differently that you can take it in any direction. There was nothing. He gave nothing concrete at the end of that movie. That's that, that's really the biggest problem and why people have a lot of these, these uh, issues, I think. But to your point, it does feel shoehorned. You, Very much you, so. you know, the crawl that, you know, the dead speak and they, they rip the bandaid off really quickly because Kylo seeing the emperor in the first, you know, 10 minutes or so in the film, that's ripping the bandaid off. You know, it might've been a little better if they had took, you know, that 20 minutes that we want where the emperor gets discovered again, may have changed the way people saw that film and maybe change it, you know, buy a little bit more into the emperor instead of just showing up right away. You know, if somebody, if there's a way of discovering is like, oh my God, he's been doing this, this, and this, and kind of showing, even though it would be exposition a little more, but it may have been much more needed, you know? So aside from Palpatine, is that, that's your biggest issue is Palpatine? Um, well, like I said, too many callbacks. I mean. Like callback or, you know, I'll tell you one of my favorite scenes and you probably hate it. Um, Han Solo. No, really I found that me. scene to be very emotional, which was f- funny because immediately prior to that was Leah passing. And I missed it. Yeah. Apparently for three minutes, Shaylee was sitting next to me losing her shit. And I I noticed <laughs> for yeah. a few minutes, I'm like, are you, are you crying? <laughs> she was. It was very it was powerful. Sad, well, Leia always resonated with her very strongly. I like Leia, but obviously... Sure. You know, I'm not a woman, so I didn't have that female perspective. Shaylee, it wrecked her, and it was it was powerful to see. But then, when I hear, hey, kid, I was like, oh, shit. So, yeah, it was very emotional yeah. for me. I love that scene. So, just to be clear, I know. And that's a, so what I'm, so what I'm getting at there, that was a callback, and it was a, I thought was really good writing in terms of, no, it's not a forest ghost. This has been replaying his decision. And it was shot specifically almost the same way as The Force Awakens because it was him saying, what would have happened if I'd have done this? And he played it over in his head, and it was a memory. It's not really Han Solo. It's not a Force ghost. So anybody that says it was is foolish. This is just him replaying it in his head. He even tells you you're just a memory. you know. And I agree. But it was really, really, it was really, really tough because you know what Han Solo's last words were? I don't remember. I know. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Because he wanted to tell his dad, and he just said it. And I was like, oh, so, my God, that was great. And that's a callback to Empire, and it was a good one. So good that I remembered it. <laughs> <laughs> you weren't paying attention. You were still complaining. I wasn't complaining. About, I actually, so just so we're clear, you think I'm so negative. And there are definitely things I would have done differently. But the redemptive arc of Kylo Ren slash Ben Solo was one of the things I really enjoyed about this movie. And that particular scene, you're right. It, it was, was filmed. I can, you know, I can't say unless I go back and put them right next to each other, but it felt shot for shot, a replaying. Right. It's I, close I, enough. I, it may not yeah. be, but like I said, it felt like a shot for shot redo of the scene, but opposite. Cause obviously they are on each, the same side of the screen. Obviously in the force awakens, right. it was very dark, lots of red, in this, it was daylight and it was very bright. And bright. I have to admit, there's even mm-hmm. when he was holding his saber in his hand, 
it was very much like that scene in The Force Awakens. And I almost thought for a second that he was going to turn it on and kill his memory of his father. That's where I was like, is it going to go that direction? Because that is dark as fuck. But then obviously he decides not to and he pitches yeah. it into the ocean. No, and what what it is is it, what, why it was so compelling in coming after Leia's death. And we, we should talk about Leia because that's a good segue. Um, they both, his parents, gave their life for him. And that's what he realized. And Leia just did it for him through the Force to like try to connect with him one last time before it's all over. Yeah. So. And then, yeah, it was good. And, it's interesting because yeah. she did that. And we find out through the flashbacks and whatnot that it appears that Leia was the stronger and more adept at the Force than Luke. I mean, when yep. they showed that when Luke was training her, and they are having their, you know, their, I don't know, what, what, powering match or Practice, whatever, right? Fight, sparring. She kicked his ass. Yeah, she owned him. I love that. So do I, because it shows. I love that part, but. You know, and, and just like her brother, Luke, you know, Luke saw in Empire a, a darkness for his friends and he had to go. And, you know, Yoda and Ben were, or Yoda and um, Obi-Wan were telling him, you, know, you can't, you can't save them. But he went anyway. And Leia, she decides, you know, she sees a vision of darkness for her family. And she thought, okay, if that darkness is coming, I'm not going to beat it through the force. I need to be ready as a general instead. Right. So I loved I loved that arc. It was because and and yeah. Well, just just because so, she was so much more adept at the force. I mean, it could have totally changed the entire series and story. I mean, there could have been a whole. I mean, I look forward to Marvel doing an Elseworlds story of some sort, or they don't call it Elseworlds, right. but uh, whatever. They've done it before. Dark Horse did it before when they did their Star Wars Infinity stories, where basically they altered something. And told what would happen. Right. I would love to see if Leia stayed a Jedi and proved herself to be much more stronger than than Luke. That would have been a really interesting story. It would have, and and I think this kind of dovetails to me what what one of your wants were, and you said a compelling ending for Leia. And I can't honestly think of a more compelling ending for what they had to work with. Unfortunately, Carrie passing away, they didn't have that much footage, but they weaved her into this story way better than I ever thought they would. They way better. Now there's. There's problems like some of the dialogue was almost similar because that's what they had to work with. But to make her the fulcrum of the of the film still and by her sacrifice and giving Ben what he needed to change to me was amazing. I, I never would have thought they would have should have been that integral to this film. See, I thought it was good. I didn't think it was amazing. I mean, working with what they had, I'm impressed. But it more makes me sad because... You know, they they claim, and who knows if this is the case, but they claim that the third movie was really supposed to be all about Leia. Right. And right. I now, there's a part of me that's like, I wish I could see that other reality where Carrie Fisher hadn't passed and we got to see the movie that she would have been in, you know, and acted out and been alive. I mean, would there have been similar sacrifice? But that's not J.J.'s fault. Don't I'm not, pick I'm on not, JJ I'm not picking J.J. for that okay. at all. I'm not okay. saying it's his right, fault. Good. I'm just saying I wish we could have seen that film because, you know, as emotionally as it was, well, for Shaylee, obviously, I, I thought it was sad. I didn't, you know, it wasn't as gripping for me personally, but I thought 
you know, if we could have just seen that, and again, it's not JJ's fault, you're right, and I'm not blaming him. I'm just saying it would have been awesome to have seen that and what her arc would have been and how the... I still think it would have ended ultimately somewhat similar in that she... Mm -hmm. I mean, because there's a huge, you know, mother aspect in that I'm going to give you everything I have to help you as a mother or as a parent, as we see with Han as well, coming back as a memory. So that rang true for me. I just... I, I would have been nice to see her much more involved. Obviously, if she had lived, she didn't, obviously. But I think that would have still happened more towards the end of the film. And it would have been a great story. It was good how it was. And I, I like I said, I'm impressed with what they did with what they had. That said, some of the scenes come across as a bit stilted, which they had to write, you know, reverse engineer the, di- the dialogue around what yep. she said and what they had. And there was one scene in a group shot where she sticks out like a sore thumb. She does not meld into the scene. Well, yeah, it's tough. I was like, Ooh, but yeah, I, yeah, again, but that's not JJ's. Fault, what are you going to do? Right. It just is. It just is right. What it exactly. is. Nothing you can do. I will say that. Um, and I want to kind of do some quick hits too, of what we like, because we're at 40 minutes already. We can talk for a lot on this, but um, seeing Chewie breakdown was tough. Yes. Was tough. Yes. Well, who does Chewie have left? I mean, yes, he loves Ray and and Poe and he gets along with them, but let's face it, Han yeah. and and Leia were his family. Yep. Ben. He lost his nephew yeah, too. Ben was his family. Yeah. Or nephew, I see, like he was an uncle, but yeah, exactly. Right. Um so real quick, I'm gonna get a few things I like and then we can get into our what we predicted and that kind of stuff. I really liked the the chemistry between the new actors, I think that that you know, the Poe, Finn, Ray, they did a really good job of that. So um, good that I wanted three films. It's interesting, right? Right, but I think, and I don't want them right now, man. I mean, it's not going to happen. No, but I want to be kill anybody. Films of that. That's right, but but I mean, they didn't they didn't kill anyone, right? Of the new, other than Ben, so those people are still there. Uh, it's good that you know we uh, Chewie's still alive. The Millennium Falcon still there. That was one of the things I was really worried about. I want to say this: <laughs> um, when I thought Chewie was dead, and the way they did it, I was, I was like three steps away from rage. I wanted. I was like, if he is really yeah. dead, I'm gonna start. I'm gonna start throwing tables around, upturning tables. I'm do not kill Chewie like that. And of course, yeah. What's funny because uh, yeah, the funny thing is that well, the first time I saw it, I didn't see the other shuttle there in the shop. The second time I did, I did. I, did. Was I was right like, there. There's two shuttles. So when as soon as yeah. I said that, I said, "All right." They did leave a visual cue that yes, there were more than one shuttle, so or landing craft or whatever. I so that. I caught it the first time, so I was like, "All right, that that fits, that that works." I'll I'll allow it. Right. Um, yeah, that was a, that was shocking though. That was uh, that was pretty cool. Um, I liked. I even liked the new characters as much, even though they didn't have much time. And Zori Bliss was interesting. She uh, was interesting, and but um, I, I don't know. I mean, it was just a, no different than it's a side character. That's all they would be like. I don't need to know anything more. It was just one of one of Poe's old friends. No different than you know. I know, and it's Abrams, so of course we got to see all Abrams go tos. We see. I don't remember the guy's guy. The guy's name. Well, they didn't use they didn't use her face a lot, so no, it doesn't no, matter. The pilot guy. I can't remember his name, the actor's name, because it doesn't matter. He's, but he always shows up in Abrams films. Like he showed up in Star Trek. Um. 
Oh, Greg Gunberg? Yeah, yeah, he's a whole bunch of nothing. I mean, I'm sure he's a really nice guy. <laughs> I mean, I don't want to say he's... He died. He's, yeah. He's, he's big in the books, but he, he did. <laughs> For me, it was just like, oh, yeah. yeah, there's the JJ guy dressed up like a pilot. That's all he does. <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. I know we're talking about what we liked, but uh, Dominic Moynihan just took me out of the film. What are you doing here? Go away. Yeah, sometimes when you put an actor that you've seen like that a lot, he they can take too much away, you know? And you didn't need anybody's real face. Uh, I mean, it was it was a nobody role. Like, it was an extra role is what right. it was. And any extra, right. no name could exactly. have done that. So seeing Downing Moynihan suddenly there, I was like, what? Because he's a friend. Like, if... Right. I mean, I don't, and I'm not dissing celebrity cameos, but it was, this wasn't a cameo. This was a glorified extra. Like, I'm a throwback to, I know it's not the same franchise, but Star Trek, um, Star Trek Six, The Undiscovered Country. There's a cameo by Christian Slater where he just comes in and wakes up Captain Sulu. And it was all cool. Christian Slater, he was, he was, he was hot back in the nineties. Everyone loved Christian Slater. So I was like, oh, and he was a huge Star Trek fan. Just so to see him in a cameo like that, that was fun. You know, to know that, um, James Bond, right. uh, Daniel Craig, was a stormtrooper in the Force of Mary. That's fun. Right. Um, but but getting back, Moynihan being there as much as he was, no, it was it, I found it jarring. Yeah. But anyhow, but getting back, I mean, I like the Janna character. She was cool. Um, a former stormtrooper as well. Like a bunch of stormtroopers that somehow found a way to to get out. Was I liked that a little bit. Um, and you know, for me. What I really like too is I haven't liked C3PO in a very long time. Like horrible in the prequels. The 3PO character was for as much as George Lucas had control over that, he never wrote 3PO correctly and he was way sidebar. Um but I liked 3PO in this See, movie. I, I, I kind of liked him in um Attack of the Clones when he was accidentally made into a battle droid. It was funny. It was Laurel and Hardy stuff, but it, it wasn't. Oh, it yeah. wasn't like. Well, that's what he is. Yeah, but I know. But when you watch the first Star Wars from there, they're the one we saw them for the first almost thirty minutes of the film. You know what I mean? Like they had some weight a little bit. Um, True, and he has not in this series up until. This and I point. thought he was good in this. Like, there's that part when they're in the desert where he's like, "Oh, it's a great festival with great food and this and that." And they're just like, "He's like what?" It was like looking at him like it's. You know, I thought that was really good, and he looks behind him, and I, I, I thought three PO was really good in this film. Um, he did not die, as you predicted. He did not. I'm, I'm, I'm okay with that. Yeah, and it basically played out exactly like I said it would. And I had no spoiler. I didn't read any spoilers for that. I'm like, oh, R2's got him backed up. They'll never let him, <laughs> let him go that way. Um, so that was fun. I, I liked that. Um, I, I guess basically the overall feeling. I, I felt this was more Star Wars than normal. And there was some happy times and good times and some really bad times and fun. And, um, you know what, when I, when I saw it yesterday, it's what tipped it off for me is that the first time I saw it was at night and it was all adults and, and they still clapped. This one, the one I saw it in was a lot of kids and man, they screamed and jumped and loved it at the end. Of, I mean, they just loved it. And I thought that's what it's built. I mean, that's really what it is for. It's not for people like us that really have to dissect it and do these things and as much as we enjoy it they really really liked it yeah but kids are stupid then i'm stupid because i was a kid when it came out i didn't read any of this stuff into it i didn't care who the emperor was i didn't care about any of that there was no you know tiebacks where he said this and that film and that and that that didn't happen when we were 12 we just watched it i understand that i mean 
that's what but these I are. Though. That I these was, are I was actually, I should say these, these are films. These are movies. That's probably a better way to say it. But they can be films. Rogue One. But we like that because we're adults. And it's great, and I love it, and it's for me. But I, I know 12-year-olds won't like that movie. There's nothing other than maybe K2SO. But everything else is dark, and everybody, like, it's not, I mean, it's, I love it, dude. It's, it's, it's up there. It's top four. Um, when I put all of them in there. So it, I'm not arguing that, but it's not written. It was, that movie was made for you and me. It was. And these are supposedly made for kids. And I forgive it for that. That's why because they're PG thirteens. This one wasn't. Well, it is. It's PG thirteen. You're right. No, you're right. I wonder why. Because it was less than uh, anything else I've seen. There's nothing. (laughs) Maybe that first five minutes where he's hacking limbs off everyone. Oh, oh, maybe. You didn't see him fly though. Yeah, there's one. At least one character he goes like that, and then see you see the limb go flying, and then at the end you see all these dead people, and there's limbs everywhere. Yeah, you're right. That might be a little shocking. (laughs) I mean, it's less shocking because you know there's the argument that the uh, um the lightsaber automatically cauterizes as it cuts, so you don't see fonts of blood everywhere. But still. And and then one quick thing too is um, I like how I I thought Lando was much better than I thought he was going to be in that movie. It was he was good? Uh, oh, I hundred percent opposite. Really, you didn't like him? Oh, I liked him, but I I think I had said before in our last episode that I wanted to see more shades of the Donald Glover. Lando oh in yeah, this. but he didn't have enough screen time. You're right, but it was it he was didn't have enough screen time. So yeah. it was like I don't know. I felt like. Well, because Carrie Fisher's dead and we killed off Han already, somehow we need to bring in someone. And I guess Lando will do. And I don't know. It was, it was all right. I mean, I was. I would have liked to have seen him a little bit more. He was just. This is where Ryan Johnson. This is where Ryan Johnson went wrong. It would have been really cool if they used Lando to be the slicer that they had to go get. Like, there's, like right? that would have been much better. Exactly. And, and yeah. then you would have had reason for him. To be in 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 this film, right? But again, yes. these are yes. uh, that's just you know. Really, he he just he just played the old guy that gives you a quip that gives you hope, and that's it. That's all he need. He come in like, oh, we need right. But he did. <laughs> it's a, yeah. He did fulfill a prediction of mine. He went and got everyone, including Wedge, to uh, that was come, a waste come of cameo fight. too. That's fine. It's a cameo like, for it? sure. That's it. But it didn't hurt the story. I would. I wanted more too, because I mean, I would have liked to have had Wedge in the battle scene, saying, "Well, when we did this as a team, you know, that would have been great." Um, exactly. There's, and that's what. That's why I keep saying this whole movie is just okay. I know you liked it. And I don't dislike it. I just there are so many, so much potential of what could have been done better. Like Wedge. Wedge. I mean, I don't. He doesn't have to be a central character. Nope. But. Wedge could certainly have had at least the same amount of screen time as fucking Dominic Moynihan. Yeah, and more, dude. <laughs> these absolutely. I I would never. I don't disagree with any of that. And I I can give you a few things that you know. All right, let's let's get into our. It'll it'll get into our predictions and wants. And I'll go. We'll go with the wants. So, this is these are things that I would have because of my wants. I think it could have been a better movie, and that's my own personal. If if Joe were making it based on what was out there. 
There is absolutely zero need for General Pride. Zero. He's just another bad guy, right? And what I would have done, I would have brought Grand Admiral Thrawn as that character. And it it doesn't matter. And if it doesn't, it doesn't matter if people that didn't read the books don't know who he is. People don't know who the hell this guy is either. So it's just a baddie. It's just a baddie. And you could have done it in a way where it's not, it's then they would have called it fan service, but I wouldn't have, because if you read the books, you're rewarded for reading all these things that were set up and, and Thrawn's in the outer rim, outer regions. And it would have fit for everything I've read. And there was no reason not to have him. He could have done the exact same things and still die. Like you didn't have to give him more story because it's Thrawn, but you could have put him in there and, and it would have been much better than, and Richard E. Grant was great. It has nothing to do with him as an actor or the story. It just, it would have been a smarter, I think a better decision. And that's where the failure of the story group of star Wars or maybe who's got control of the Kennedys of the world. Um, you know, this is where you need Filoni. <laughs> like, if you had Filoni as a, a stronger, like, sounding board of all these stories that are out there, they could have done, it would have been a much better thing, in my opinion. So, what say you? Um, I agree in that I would have liked to have seen Thrawn, but if they killed him off, like they did uh, this other general, uh, General Pride, I would have been upset. Only because... Thrawn is such a deep and rich character. I I feel like he should have either been introduced earlier or I, I wouldn't want to see him die here in the third act at the end. It would have been a waste of his potential. So I'd rather see Thrawn at this point in something like The Mandalorian. Yeah, I mean, it's fair. That's Just fair, but he's never been. We'll get to see, we would get to see more of him, hopefully. But you won't. Well, it's possible, yeah, because yeah, he could, you could, he could, depending if he came back. Um, so then here's my biggest, the biggest miss for me completely, though. If you if you're asking, uh, where we're saying this is our our podcast, and see what the hell we want. I'm asking. <laughs> I don't think there's a strong enough tie of Anakin, this chosen one, and the strength of Skywalker. Like, I think they could have used Anakin in a different way, or at least brought him through. I didn't mind that they had all the Force ghosts talking to her at once and bringing in, you know, and uh, you know, it was kind of nice. You hear Ahsoka and you hear all these other, you hear Kanan from Rebels and you hear a lot of voices um, from, you know, basically everybody that's been through. It was a nice nod to all the Jedis that we heard, but I would have liked to have seen, you know, Anakin help Ben at the end or something. Because really, if you, I, I, there is a through line. This is what I was talking about earlier. The through line of the story is keeping the ones like Anakin wanted to keep the ones he loved from dying. Right. Right. So when you look back at what Ben says, and again, this is hindsight when, when Kylo says, I will finish what you started. That's really what he started. What Anakin wanted to do is keep the ones he wanted to love from dying. He didn't know maybe it would cost him his own life. And but, Kylo slash Ben did that. He loved right. the only person he loved. Well, other than his parents, was Ray. I would think so. Whether it's love of friendship or just, it doesn't have to be romantic Romeo-Juliet thing, but it was... I'm not saying it it was. There was that kiss at the end, and it makes me wonder, is it... Was it a passionate love kiss, or was it just a... I don't know what it was, what that kiss was. That's fine. I don't need to know. 
I love. I don't need to know either. I'm okay that Look, it we was agree. Up. I, well, I, like, there were things I liked about this movie, like I said, but ultimately my rating is okay. But there yeah. were things I I thought the Kylo Ren slash Ben story was fantastic. It was good, a good redemptive arc. I liked Ray's story. I don't feel that she gains anything by being a Palpatine. I think it's stupid, but I like the character of Ray, and I like that she's still alive. And I like yep. that Kathleen Kennedy has said, we're not necessarily done with these characters. Right. I got to say, I loved uh, her new lightsaber. You know, it's double-ended. It's got to be. That yellow was kind of cool. It was cool. I'm, I mean, I'm glad that she chose one that was her color because the whole time she's been using Luke or Leia's, which were both blue, I believe. Yep. So it's good that she has her own. I mean, it's just, but again, it calls back, I mean, to the original trilogy and Luke finally crafted his own saber, the green one, in Return of the Jedi. I think that's the, yeah, that's the final step, right, is to becoming a Jedi. You have to create your own. And I kind of dug, I liked that ending of, look, no doubt Tatooine's film is fan service, right? No doubt. But I didn't mind that she buried the lightsabers because that could be something down the road. Like something's there. Like it's almost like Tatooine became Mecca for for that. Like that's the beginning of a religion, the Skywalker religion. Maybe that's the new Mecca kind of thing. And here, okay, I'll let you so it, it didn't I bother. Have complaints. I'm sure, but I mean, I and I can understand the complaints. But to me, it was a nice little bookend. It was a, it was a nod. It was fan service, 100. And I don't care. Here's what I it's not, for me it's fan service and I don't like it because she essentially buries Luke and Leia because they're both their lightsabers at on with Tatooine. with them looking at her they knew that they didn't they they, they were smiling right. they weren't mad at it why not bury it if you want to bring this full round full circle why why go to Tatooine why instead would she not go to her to um. Amidala's grave and Naboo and bury it there. That could have been cool. That would have been preferable. That would have been interesting. I wouldn't have been upset with that either. But that's not iconic too. redeemed himself, but he doesn't have a burial site and whatnot. He only had the helmet. But again, it's kind of, I have a problem with, it's only recently that we're seeing these strong female characters like Rey, like Leia, really kind of take control and take charge why not kind of dot the i and cross the t on that and bring amidala back into this why is she just relegated to the prequels and not given any more word she died yeah so oh you mean talk about her yeah i think meant like no, no, oh, not bring her in, but everything's about vader 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 it's all about the man well they had a mother too why didn't she get any fan service yeah vader was evil and that was uh, important to the storyline because he was yeah. an antagonist. But, right, you know, the way that Star Wars has treated Amidala was like, okay, in the prequels, you know, she was, you know, she is the, the woman, the woman that needed to be rescued in the first one. Yeah, she was much stronger in Attack of the Clones, but in the third one, she's basically just, she's just the mother to the twins. And then that's it. That's really the last we've heard of her. Right. I think... 
you know, if if JJ wanted to end it on a high point at the end there, they should have gone back to her grave and buried it there. And that would have been like, well, they hmm. and, and they can't go back to Alderaan. Exactly. Obviously, <laughs> right. But again, <laughs> she's leaving. She's leaving, you know, the totems. I'll do you one. I'll do you, I'll do you one better. You know where I actually would love to have seen her gone now that I look at it? Underwear. It's the planet's still there because they just destroyed the area, Jetta. That would have been cool. That would have been all right, but again, that's more for the, you know that was you know where they got all. Well, the- that's where the religion was, whatever. Or even go back to Octu and put it back there for the original. That's still there. She was there, so that'd been interesting too. But again, that's where Luke was. Um, you know, Tatooine was where the original Luke Jedi was. Right. That's what I'm saying. If she went to Octu. She could have went to the original Jedi Temple that was burned and rebuilt it or something. Started I guess, that, I, I, guess I would have had I would have had less problem with that than I did with Tatooine because Leia didn't yeah. live on Tatooine. No, no. That's exactly. why I'm saying put them put them with their mother. That, that's all I'm saying. Yeah. Well, here's here's a couple things too as we keep going. And we're at an hour, but it's it's hard. And we can do we can do a, another episode and talk about it because we got a whole Mandalorian. I think we need to do another episode. And I think we need to bring yeah. Alan in on this. That's what I want to do next, for sure. Okay. Uh, we also we also have a Mandalorian chapter seven to talk about. Not today, but man, that was so good. Um, real quick, I said it was that you think there's a lot of retconning. I'm going to show you why there wasn't a lot of retconning from Last Jedi. Here's where I believe. No, here's where I believe that JJ actually honored what Ryan Johnson did. Um, JJ did not do anything about the connection between the two, Kylo and Ray. He didn't have that in Force Awakens. He honored what Ryan did in that Force connection and actually made it stronger in this one. He didn't retcon oh, that. He actually used it and pulled it forward. I'm not saying he retconned everything Ryan did. He went through and picked up the things that he said, yeah, that's sure. a good idea, and liked him and took right. him. And, and that's good. And like, he wiped off the table. Right. Like well, I don't know if he wiped it off the table. I think it was always there. Well, okay. Well, then he, then then Ryan Johnson retconned fucking uh, Phasma. He retconned yeah. um, Finn because yeah. Finn was irrelevant in Last Jedi. Yes, I, mean, I agree. I mean, he did a lot of like taking characters away. At least he honored Rose and gave her stuff to do, and she was fine. Again, an extra could have done that. So, Yeah, but she wouldn't have had the gravitas. Like, I, I get it. She went and fought, and she was worried about Finn, and that's fine. Look, let me, let me, I'm defending Rose only because, well. I liked her. Yeah, I, I thought she was all right. I mean, I know. People, there were a lot of racists and a lot of misogynists kind of ruined. Uh, I mean, they, they, they scared away the actress from, you know, social right. media. And it is a disservice to the character. But honestly, and, and I'm not a misogynist. I'm not a racist. I just didn't care for Rose as a character. So I, seeing her relegated, I I mean, I don't think she for, should have been You didn't relegated. care for her in this movie or Last Jedi? I didn't care for in Last Jedi either. I was like, whatever. Okay, so then, so then JJ did the right thing. Uh, you know, honestly, I think it would have been better, better if they just said she's off somewhere else. Nah, they can't do that. Anyways, so it, um, he brought that through line of of those two characters being stronger. Um, and to me, that was that was a pretty good, a pretty smart thing. Now, he also picked what I thought was a great moment in. The Rise of Skywalker, because of what Ryan Johnson did, you saw the X-wing in the water at Octu. Yeah. Yes, you're gonna say it's fan service, but I liked Luke bringing it out of the water 
and having the Yoda theme played in the background and pulling it up and she had a thing and then and then like the first movie she actually is now wearing the rebel hat that she wore when she was sitting eating her dinner from the force awakens and you see her and she's got the helmet on and you're just like oh yeah it was great like i loved that part well one thing lot. we learned from star wars is that you can leave a highly sensitive spaceship yeah totally <laughs> abandoned and unused for 30 years, and it'll work just fine. It works just fine. Whether it's an X-Wing or, <laughs> yeah. you know, that, that ship they took from that the other desert planet that were just sitting out for yeah. everyone to see that for some reason was able, you can able to get there in five, ten minutes on a speeder, but yeah. no one's scavenged the no fuck out of it, it or even yeah. flown it away. But, you know, a little elbow grease and Poe Dameron and Finn get it flying and they get away. I mean, come on. Yeah, th- they sh- you know what they sh- they should have that was a bad plot point there for sure or or I should say a convenient plot point what they should have done which is very simple to fix is just have that thing underground where they found the guy's bones yeah that would have made, right because then it's at least <laughs> somewhat hidden from the elements or whatever. people weren't salvaging yeah. I mean but here we go here I don't know JJ likes to be associated with movies where you find old ships that you repair and get off I mean I didn't write it. <laughs> Or direct it, but you know, in the last Star Trek Beyond, there's a ship that's been lit. Now, at least that one, they had to spend days rebuilding and it had crashed right. someplace where it wasn't easily accessible. So it made sense that it wasn't totally salvaged and ripped apart. I mean, come on. Yeah. It's sitting on top of a butte, right? You yeah. can see it from a distance and no one thought, hey, maybe there's something in there. I, yeah, that, <laughs> no doubt. You can't, there is no argument. To, to stand up for that <laughs> at all. Um, so those are a couple things. Uh, he even brought the Porgs back. That was, you couldn't, you didn't have to do that. Barely. Um, Not that we needed them back he, a lot, but yeah. what happened to the Porg that was hanging out with him on the Millennium Falcon? Didn't you eat it? <laughs> right. Exactly. So, and then one last thing, well, no, there's many, of, and there's just not enough time in the day, but, I think that he actually honored what Luke did in Last Jedi by the way Luke was here. And I think a lot of people will disagree with me, but I don't. Because I think at the end of The Last Jedi, the last lesson that Luke learned from Yoda was to pass on how he failed. So when, and the, the, you know, when she throws a lightsaber and he catches it and you got to treat this with more respect, you know, people are going to say, oh, you're ripping on Ryan Johnson. And I don't think that. I don't think that at all. I think it was Luke learned his lesson. And now he's telling her, he said, I was wrong. I came out of here for fear and I never got over my fear. And I stayed on this island because I was scared and it was wrong. And and I don't think that's retconning. I think Ryan Johnson, Luke had to go through what he went through. I'm not even mad that Ryan Johnson did that. I don't mind Luke like a lot of people did. I, I, what do, I, do I want the hero Luke that I always wanted? Sure. But in The Last Jedi, I've grown to like what he did to Luke on that island but Luke did learn the lesson. And that was the part that I thought was actually honored from the rise of Skywalker that he did learn that lesson. He tried to pass it to Ray and say, look, you have, you know, fear is, is what we have to overcome. That's, that's it. So I think he did a lot of things to honor, uh, what, what Ryan Johnson put on paper and in and, and film to bring forward, you know, what was your take on Luke? I liked what they did with Luke. Did you like what, what Ryan Johnson did with Luke? Um, no. <laughs> no. 
course not. I, I, I'm, I, but again, I'll say this. I didn't like the direction he went with it. Um, with the uh, the last, what Jedi. would you have preferred? I think everyone. Oh, last Jedi. Gotcha. I think I think everyone wanted you know the swashbuckling Luke that we were used to. Sure, but me too. Uh, again, this film has given me a better appreciation for the Last Jedi, and I think I may watch it again, just because. Even though I may not have liked the story, and I still have strong issues with the story, with the whole Canto bite, and that's terrible. Yeah, and also again. Holdo, sorry, I'm a, I will until the day I die. I think Akbar should have been the one that did that. One hundred percent. So, those are some pretty big things that I will probably never get over. Um, that said, or or advancing the story exactly would have been well, nice. No, I he advanced the story, just not in the direction you wanted. No, he didn't. How did the story advance? Um, it it basically. Almost eliminated the resistance. It changed. I mean, again. But I didn't. But but there was no time for anybody's character to grow. Nobody grew. Nobody changed. You know. Uh, Kylo really. and Ray changed. Uh, Ray. They built a connection. Huh? And I mean, I don't. Again, I, don't I, anyway. I think I'm I'm taking your role here a bit in that you say that the the last Jedi didn't move anything or really affect the story. I did, but not necessarily in the ways you wanted. So, um, maybe, but I don't think it, I think because they started so quickly, it was like they didn't, the, the growth of the characters is, is harder to take when it, this whole thing happened in like a week. I'll give you that. And like I said, but again, so my, my new appreciation for the last Jedi is that Ryan took risks and I appreciate that they didn't all work. And in fact, I don't think that most of them didn't work. I, 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 haven't, I can't quantify that. I'd, I'd have to go through. But he took a lot of risks and subverted a lot of stuff. And I do appreciate the fact that he did something new for Star Wars, that it wasn't stayed. It wasn't what necessarily what people wanted or expected. And there was surprise and change in that. And that's where I – we can go at this more in length, in length on our next episode because I think yeah. I think the next one we'll probably end up talking more about now the, the saga as a whole. And we'll still probably talk predominantly about right. this movie. But, you know, I give credit to Kennedy, Kathleen Kennedy on this as well, is that the original idea was to have a different director with a different vision, and they are all up-and-coming directors. I mean, Abrams, yes, he's established, but he still wasn't, you know, he, he's not a Lucas and he's not a Spielberg. Well, not, no one wants to be a Lucas, sorry, <laughs> as far as directing goes. But yeah, he, no, he was no, a name. No. But then, you know, saying Ryan Johnson, that's another young up-and-coming director that was exciting. Colin Trevorrow, he was exciting. You know, I I I gave I give her credit because they were going to do something like people had suggested they do that with like the Bond franchise. Let's you know let's let's get exciting directors to take it in new new ways and approaches. And initially, when they announced that, it was exciting to me because everyone you got these all these creative people and they're going to really going to shape things. And it turned out that risk did not work out because. You know, JJ went one direction and Ryan's like, yeah, I like that portion, but I'm going to turn it this way because this is what I want to do. And then JJ comes back after Trevorrow was booted off. He's like, I'm going to go this way. And that that goes back to my issues with her as a producer in that they also had creative differences with Solo and getting rid of uh, Lord and – was it Lord and Taylor or whatever? 
Yeah, Lord Miller. Lord Miller, thank you. Lord and Taylor is, a, is I think, is a haberdasher. <laughs> I was going to let that. Fl- Sorry, I wasn't going to let that fly. <laughs> thank you. My my point is, um, they took risks and they rolled the dice, and I don't think they all worked. Um, and now I. I have a better appreciation for the fact that I would like to see a cohesive storyline and production and whatnot. So yeah. all that to say, I appreciate The Last Jedi a little bit more now and I may rewatch it, but. And I like Last Jedi. There's just, uh, listen, I don't want to, real quick, because we got to end this soon. Um, the Last Jedi, yes, it took risks, it subverted, but sometimes I'm like, it, it took risks and subverted to just do it. Like, I'm going to just do this. And I would have liked to them to subvert some things and keep some things. You know, there's a reason Star Wars feels like Star Wars. And I think that's why people were just so touchy on that movie because it doesn't necessarily feel like Star Wars. Like, I don't know why The Mandalorian feels more Star Wars than any of these sequels, but it just does. And it's not about just having it on Tatooine or, or these other things. There's just something about it. And, and it's maybe the people that are creating it or whatever. But... The Last Jedi, out of all three of these films, felt the least Star Wars. And you can subvert things, but I think he t- he tried to subvert everything. And that, that was his only choice. And he says it in the making of it. He goes, I tried to do the opposite of what every character would have wanted and make, put them in the worst position, which I get that. But making just doing it to do it doesn't make it good writing either. Um, you know, I'll go back to the beginning of this podcast when it said Lucas wanted it to be beats that are similar throughout that, that repeat. And he says it many, many times. And I think they finally got there. So I do at the end, yeah. So at the end of the day, you know, actually I thought you ranked your, I thought you ranked this movie higher than I thought you would in terms of where the trilogy was. I thought you were going to put it at like last. Like I said, the way you it's were, okay. The way we were kind of bantering. It's okay. Yeah. There were lots of things I liked about it. And or I know we're running out of time, but I, I did like the beginning. I like, you know, I liked the banter. I liked the, the communal. I liked how the three friends were. You know, I loved Kylo's arc. There are things I liked, but there are also things I really didn't like. So that's why I'm like, it's okay. And so yep. long story short, the saga deserves better than okay. Gotcha. I love the movie. I, I had a really good time. Are you going from like to love? I do. Uh, the second time, yeah. That's the second time because it slowed down so much. And again, it's not fair. It should be good the first time, no doubt. But it's going to be one I'm going to watch over, and I know it's. I think it's going to get better each time I watch it. Um, I'm going to pick up more things that connect because there's so many things that connect. Seeing John Williams in it was funny. That's a cameo that I thought was hilarious. He was the bartender. Um, you know, it doesn't hurt to have those little nods. And after all the work that Williams put in on these films, uh, he deserves a cameo. Um, the music was really good. The way they redid Ray's, you know, there's a lot more to talk about that we can, as we digest this over the next few weeks, months, whatever, as it keeps coming up, I'm sure when the Blu-ray hits out and all that. Um, but I, I enjoyed it. I'm, I'm, I'm fine with it. I'm good with it. It's over. I do think that now Star Wars is in a really good place to move forward. I would hope that they don't do trilogies anymore. I don't think you need to do films like that anymore. Well, give me Kennedy really good. Give me really good one-offs. Yeah. Right. Give me really good one-off films that may connect or may not. Fine. Give me good stories. And they can do it with one-offs. Why, so. why do you think Star Wars is in a good place now? A good place for new creatives to come in and not be baggaged with anything. That's what yes. I mean. I, That's all. My That's biggest all. takeaway is I'm happy that we're done with Abrams. He's probably happy yeah. too. Goodbye. That's a burden. Like, like I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't think 
I don't think anybody would have made a perfect Star Wars film. Nobody. I think people would find problems with all of it. Even Luke, if Lucas came in and did it all himself, there'd be a shit ton of problems too. He'd probably be all midichlorian, you know. Yeah, I get that. No, that no film's going to be so. perfect. I mean, I'll even grant you as much as I love and think that Rogue One is the best of the Star Wars films. Um, it starts slow. It starts pretty slow. Yeah. And let's but, face it, Gareth Edwards, he gets all the credit, but it's, it's actually what, Tony Gilroy, from the writer from the, yeah. um, the Bourne series. My understanding is he yeah. came in and with his reshoots, saved that movie and editing save that movie so yeah editing saves all movies True. and this one could have been what would have saved this movie is 20 minutes i think people would have i think you'd have a lot more i think the there'd be a lot more if there was 20 minutes because i think when i read a lot of reviews from critics it's more of the pacing the the exposition and how you get there and you know people that read and write stories for a living i i totally understand why they would cut it but the feeling I got watching the movie was great. Watching it with kids in the room was even better. And that's what it's about. It's a movie. It's fun. It's Star Wars. Be open. This is not changing any worlds. It's just a fun thing. And I'm glad to have got to have seen it. I'm happy. You know, I'm looking forward to whatever Disney brings to Star Wars. Um, love them or hate them. At least Disney's bringing me Star Wars. I don't think I would have gotten any of this content if it was just limbering, you know, lingering around with Lucas. So. You know, I'm just happy to have something to talk about and move forward. So that's where I'm at. We'll, we'll probably get to more of this down the road. I really want to bring Alan in. Alan, if you listen to this, you're, you've got to be tagged over this holiday or next holiday or whatever. We got to we got to record that. Michael, we've got um, Mandalorian to talk about at some point too. So I'm looking forward to that. Um, we could either wait till next Friday when the last chapter comes out, or we can do the pre of those. So, but a lot of it's something called a holiday in between. So it's yep. going to be tough. But uh, for me, I enjoyed it. I hope other people enjoyed the film. Michael says it's okay, and uh, and that's okay too. I thought Michael was actually going to be a little harsher today, so I'm I'm quite happy that uh, it wasn't as harsh <laughs> as I thought. There were things I liked. I just I wish it was better. I wish I left that thinking. Fuck yeah! Instead, I thought my thought was, "Thank God we're done with fucking JJ," and thank God. The mantle is going to be passed to Feige soon because Kathleen Kennedy needs to get the fuck out. <laughs> all right, there's the harshness that we were looking for, <laughs> Michael. I'm sure all your dreams, all your dreams will come to, all your dreams will come true when when your beloved Avatar hits the screen soon, and you'll be a happy, happy person. So, with that said, everybody have a, a merry Christmas coming up. This uh, and and thank you for listening. Thank you for all the the comments and things that's been coming our way. We're getting a little more of those. And if you'd like to leave those, check us out on Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook at Kybercast. You can find us there and you can find our podcast, Apple podcasts on Google, Spotify, Pocket Cast, or anywhere else. Please share. That really helps us. And um, I think that's going to be about it for this one. Michael, anything else for I'm you? Good. All right. Have a great holiday, my friend. I hope to see you soon and not just uh, through this technology. See you soon.